0: Our episode today begins, not in a football stadium. It begins in what is known today as Spain, 1,300 years ago. At the time, North African Muslims ruled that part of the Iberian Peninsula. They spoke Arabic, which had a huge impact on the Spanish language. Now, they had a tradition to have celebrations that included a lot of dancing. And it was customary for them to shout Allah when a dancer was performing in an inspired and moving way, a way of saying, wow. And to this day, Arabs still do that. Somewhere along the way, the sound of the word Allah transformed into what is now "Ole" in the Spanish language. It's a common exclamation for any situation that gets people cheering, whether it's a bullfight or a flamenco performance or, yes, a football match. Throughout history, different cultures have informed each other in ways that create new forms of communication, of expression, of existence. Everything from the Mexican taco to contemporary pop music is the result of cultural fusion. And in a way, it feels like the potential for these combos is endless. So what happens when you bring 192 unique countries together in the same place?
1: What we really intended to do is we got a mandate of how can we make Expo a cultural renaissance?
0: This is Amna Abul Hol, Expo 2020 Dubai's executive creative director. You might remember her as the mastermind behind Expo's mascots and the opening ceremony. But she also oversaw programming across the site with the goal of bringing about a cultural
1: renaissance. And this is something huge of, can we do it? We don't know. But with the collaboration of all the countries, I think it's a platform that it could be grown organically. It's exactly like a Lego of 192 pieces coming together as a bouquet. That's how I would describe it.
0: In this episode, we take a look at how different cultures are coming together at Expo 2020 Dubai, creating cultures beyond the 192 unique ones represented. How does this cultural fusion reflect the world we live in today? I'm Noon Saleh. And this is Inside Expo, an official podcast of Expo 2020 Dubai, where history is being made.
1: What is really interesting is I didn't do anything. I just created a platform and I was watching. What was interesting is it's nice to bring cultures together, but what's even nicer is to see them organically merge. What you can see is between pavilions, the hosts that are neighbors, they talk to each other. They are never neighbors around the world. They are neighbors here. You can see with Thailand Pavilion, they have a mini stage outside. And then there is the Polish Pavilion beside it. And there was one time where you can see both cultural stuff coming outside, but they synchronize and not clash. And this is, you know, in an ideal world, we would say this is a creative director's job or a staging director who kind of made it happen. But I would say no. In World Expo, this is the first time in my life I would see things happen organically, like weaving, like a hair braid. It just happened.
0: Expo's vision then was to provide a space for experimentation between different cultures. We asked Amna to take us through some of those spaces, beginning with one of Expo's musical initiatives, Jelsat Nights. A Jelsat is basically a music jam session, musicians come in with their instruments and simply play. At Expo, this Arabic tradition is reimagined by opening the
1: jalsa to anyone from any country to play any instrument. Jalsa is really new for anyone outside the region. But what we wanted to do is we call in international participants. We gave them what a jalsa is, and we told them there are this type of music pieces. There are strings. There is etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Countries already identified based on what we provide them as a sample with yes, we want to participate.
0: The first jalsa happened on October twelfth, twenty twenty one, with Saudi singer Asil Abu Bakr, and an unexpected guest.
1: We wanted to bring a typical jelsa. And this typical jelsa is bringing a a person from the Gulf to sing a typical song that is nostalgic. But what we added is we got a performer from Vietnam. And she was using an instrument, which is called Dan Bo. It's more than a thousand-year-old. It's a string bass. It's like a kanun. By the way, the Vietnamese artist's name is Le Jong. What was beautiful is she was wearing a traditional yellow Vietnamese dress, sitting between the Arab musicians, and she started solo. They picked up organically. There was no rehearsal. She just had the music note of the qanun, and she did it. Gitter, Gitter
2: will want to get an act of shark. The shark is a shark of a
1: I think that was the highlight of Yes, let's do it.
0: Besides the monthly jelsat, Expo's music program also includes Expo Beats. This festival brings together international artists under a specific genre or theme, like city beats or tribal beats. But perhaps the biggest musical fusion of all is the National Day ceremonies, which are hosted daily at al Wasl Plaza. In one situation, they even led to a dance fusion.
1: There was one performance on the main stage, because every National Day we give the main stage of al Wasl to the country, and they do their performance. One of them was Bahrain National Day. What was interesting, they were performing, it's like a jelsa style. But I noticed in a corner, someone was dancing solo. And then someone else joined them. And then it became like a salsa dance. And then I went to this couple, I said, like, how did you manage? They said, it's the same beat. I was like, yeah, these are, these are the moments that no camera can capture. No microphone can capture, no radio, nothing. It's the visitor's eye that will capture it and becomes the memory of a lifetime. These
0: kinds of organic fusions, these memories of a lifetime, can be found all over the site. Go to the Earth Stage in the Sustainability District, and you might catch a Shami debke happening at the same time as a tap dance performance. Spend some time at Jubilee Park, and you can grab a meal at El Kebulan, the African Dining Hall, or Rising Flavors, a restaurant that highlights chefs from the region. Visit the Manassa, Emirati design platform space next to al Wasl, and you'll see how local and international artisans are reimagining traditional Emirati crafts. This kind of cultural fusion is really unavoidable around the site. The good kind of unavoidable.
1: What the expo has is really something for everyone. For the person who imagines, the person who is stiff, I would say, doesn't have emotional even movement, Expo will move them. Cultural fusions
0: don't just happen in site-wide programming, however. In fact, they're happening within individual pavilions. To showcase that, we go to the country where our episode started, Spain. Here's Carmen Bueno curator and deputy commissioner general of the Spanish Pavilion.
2: This expo really uh, reflects that spirit of uh, Expos as a space of conviviality, as a space of sharing, as a space of opening the eyes, mainly of the visitors, but also of all the expo community and of a whole country and a would say, uh, especially in this case of a whole region, over uh, the themes and the situations.
0: If you enter the Expo through the sustainability entry portals, you can immediately see the Spanish pavilion's orange and yellow cones in the near distance. This design is a combination of the Spanish plaza and the Emirati wind tower, the Burjil. It was designed by Spanish architects Aman Canovas Maruri.
2: In our tradition, uh, sharing community life in open air is very important. At the plaza is the place, the plaza square is the place where which, which this type of conviviality takes place. And here we have done it under the cones, which make the experience nice for everyone because the cones create a, a lower temperature than outside. And also with the functionality of the towers of wind uh, in this region of the world, the Vargil that's it, in which hot air is uh, going up uh, through the highest part of, in this case, a cone, not an square like the Vargils, and cooler air stays in the space because there is a circulation of air. In
0: the shaded plaza, you'll come across a sphere that has Spanish words written alongside their Arabic translations, If you can sound both the Spanish word and its Arabic translation out, you'll realize that they sound very similar.
2: The Spanish language is the second native spoken language in the world, and it's a very relevant language, second language in internet and in social media. So talking about connecting minds, which is the basic theme of EXPO, our language is a main tool of uh, the connection of minds nowadays. Remember,
0: besides Latin, no other language has had as significant an impact on the Spanish language as Arabic. And this display is proof of that.
2: For instance, in Spanish, arroz, I think that in Arabic is pronounced very, very similar, arroz, and it means rice, okay? or Mandil, which is the name of our restaurants, by the way. Mandil is a very common word in Spanish, uh, which means the tissue that you put to protect yourself. And it's basically used in the kitchen. That's why we use it for the name of uh, our restaurants. And it sounds exactly the same in Arabic, mandil.
0: But the similar words aren't the end of the cultural fusions at the Spanish pavilion. They're also happening on the programming level. Flamenco dance, which is often performed in the plaza, has its roots in Indian and Arab cultures. During the Spanish National Day, a Sevillian band called Academia del Piacere performed ancient Baroque music, which has Arab influences. But
2: one cultural fusion that's quite inspirational, actually, involves a little-known board game. Many people say, why do you devote such a big space to chess? Well, we choose chess precisely as another example of how the mixture of uh, cultures and the historical traditions still are present today. It was the Muslims of
0: Northern Africa who bought chess to Spain. The earliest surviving book of chess was actually written by a Spaniard. And today, the Spanish take their chess playing very seriously, even including it in schools.
2: Spain is living a movement of using chess as a transversal tool for education. It's not not so much as learning to play chess, but using chess to learn to think to develop emotional intelligence, uh, develop strategical thinking and this type of things. And that's why we organized the first digital international chess tournament for schools. We had in fact uh, over 200 schools from 53 countries participating during the months of pandemia. And then we had a beautiful activity here in the month of November when the winners of the first steps, there were 12 schools from 10 different countries, came here and played the finals physically. So it was a beautiful moment.
0: From the Spanish pavilion, we walk over to the Japanese pavilion in El Fursan Park.
3: You may feel something very, very Japanese, but... It's inspired by meeting with other countries. This
0: is Yabunaka Aiko, Secretary General of the Japanese Pavilion. If you listen closely, you'll notice cultural fusion happening in real time. We interviewed Aiko at the Japanese Pavilion as the Indian Pavilion was celebrating its national day right next door. <laughs> okay, back to the Secretary General.
3: So. Throughout the pavilion, actually we're talking about Japan, but we're talking some parts similarly that came from your country, so it will be interesting for you to see your country's way of inspiring Japan.
0: The pavilion's facade is a fusion between Islamic design elements, namely arabesque, and Japanese origami. It was conceived by famous Japanese architect Nagayama Yuko, and also draws upon energy-saving systems from both Japanese and Arab cultures.
3: When she first sought the Arabesque, she saw some similarities with the Asanoha or the origami folding paper. So this is why she wanted to have a mixture of both countries, because we're having a Japan pavilion at Dubai. So at the entrance, we wanted to show that we may be different, but we have a similarity. And if we mix it together, we have something more even beautifully. So that's why we wanted to do it as the façade at the very entrance of the, our pavilion, showing that we as Japan are here in Dubai, and this is what uh, expo is all about, meeting each other.
0: When you enter, you're greeted by one of nearly 80 pavilion hosts, all wearing the same uniform that has unique patterning on it.
3: If you carefully, carefully look at our uniform, you will see the circle, the square, the triangle.
0: And if you listen to our Hidden Stories episode, you'll remember that those three shapes are the same ones used for the different districts at the expo.
3: If you see it very, very carefully, you will see a shape of heart. And a heart and a heart moving, which means the UAE and Japan is mixing again together. And then if you focus more on the triangle or the square part, you will see the arabesque pattern again. And then if you focus and see on the circle side, you will see a Japanese cherry blossom pattern. It's a simple thing, but if we mix it together and if we see it from a different way, you can see things differently. So we are inspiring you to see it your way when you come to our pavilion in fact,
0: cultural fusion is at the heart of the Japanese pavilion's theme, where ideas meet.
3: These cultural aspects, it's very important that we heritage it, but it's also important that it is heritaged by a lot of people around the world, and they're doing their own interpretation and they're doing their own performance and somewhat sharing their culture and their ideas. And... Uh, I think this is what culture is all about. It's something very, very identified as uh, one country's uh, culture, but it's important that how it inspires others and it's uh, performed with others as well.
0: We looked at cultural fusions in just two pavilions out of the nearly 200 at Expo. But here's some quick math for you. If you pick any two of the 192 countries represented at Expo, and combine their cultures, you could have nearly 18,000 unique cultural fusions. And that's assuming that any two cultures can be combined in only one way. But the reality is that cultural fusion is around every corner, from the huge musical performances on the Jubilee stage, to the smallest ice cream cart by the Saudi Arabia Pavilion, which has great cardamom ice cream, by the way. Really, the possibilities for surprise are endless. It's a constant redefinition of culture, or a cultural renaissance, as Amna put it.
1: It's really hard to explain what the feeling of culture is in Expo, because this is the first time I see the world having one unique culture coming all together. Because we are all the same. What differs is the type of clothes, the unnecessary borders, and oceans between all of us. But we all speak with each other in culture. As of now, we are about to achieve the cultural renaissance, which is the mandate that was given to us. And let's hope we really achieve it by 31 March.
0: Inside Expo takes you behind the scenes at Expo 2020 Dubai, sharing our stories and others across the 170-year history of this global event. Learn more by visiting virtualexpodubay.com. Inside Expo is produced by Kerning Cultures Network. We release episodes every Tuesday and Friday. Subscribe to Inside Expo on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. If you enjoyed the show, share it with your friends and leave us a review.